0: everyone, this is 30 Day Trek, I am your host with Canon, and in this episode, we are covering from Season 6, what some could argue is the best episode of the entire series... Far beyond the stars. This is the episode where, at the height of the Dominion War, Benjamin Sisko is burned out, dejected, and wondering if it's worth it to keep fighting. Via the prophets, the aliens who inhabit the nearby wormhole to the Gamma Quadrant, who the Bajorans consider to be gods, Sisko is struck with a vision from them and suddenly finds himself in New York City in the 1950s as Benny Russell, a science fiction writer working at a pulp magazine. Inspired by a drawing of the space station done in an Art Deco style, Benny Russell begins to write about Deep Space Nine the various characters aboard the station and the Negro captain in charge of it. This last detail becomes a sticking point with the editor who says that it's too unbelievable for their white readers and insists that it be changed. All the while, Benny deals with the racial tensions of the era in his day-to-day life which he channels into more stories about Benjamin Sisko and the people on Deep Space Nine. This climaxes when the issue of the magazine with Benny's initial story is pulped by the publisher and Benny is fired which leads to Benny's breakdown and Avery Brooks's. Single best moment in the entire series.
1: To hell with you? And to hell with (laughs) Stone! Try to stay calm, Benny. I'm tired of being calm. Calm never got me a damn thing. I'm warning you, Benny, if if you don't stop this, I'm going to call the police. You go ahead, call them! Call anybody you want. They can't do anything to me. Not anymore. And nor can any of you. being damn it you can deny me all you want but you cannot deny ben Zisko exists that future that space station all those people they exist in here in my mind i created it and every one of you know it you read it it's here you you, you hear what i'm telling you you can pump a story, but you cannot destroy an idea. Don't you understand? That's ancient knowledge. You cannot destroy an idea. That tells you I created it and it's real. Don't you understand? It is real. I created it and it's real. It's real. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: uh-huh. uh-huh. Far- Beyond Stars is considered to be one of Star Trek's greatest hours. Initially pitched by Mark Scott Zickri of the Twilight Zone Companion fame and another legendary TV writer who started writing on 80s cartoons such as He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, The Smurfs, and The Real Ghostbusters before contributing to TNG, Babylon 5, and another favorite of mine, Sliders, the initial idea was that Jake Sisko was going to travel back in time and interact with a group of struggling science fiction writers from the 1950s. And at the end of the episode Episode, the big reveal was that Jake hadn't gone back in time at all, that this was a trick that an alien had given him in order to understand humanity. While Ira Stephen Bear wasn't a fan of the plot itself, he did like the idea of the group of science fiction writers in the 1950s. So months later, he broke protocol and in turn pitched Zikri his own idea back at him. Only instead of Jake, it was Benjamin as the main character, and that the story would focus more on the racism of the era. Zikri developed the outline, and Ira and Hans Beimler wrote the teleplay. And Avery Brooks directed the episode himself, and one can clearly see that this episode was the culmination of Brooks' work in the entire series. Right from the beginning, Avery Brooks took the role of Benjamin Sisko very seriously. Tired of the negative depictions of black men on TV throughout his career, Brooks jumped at the role of playing Sisko, a black man who was not only in charge of a space station, but a widower who was stepping up to the plate to being a great single father to his young son, Jake, and not once does his commitment to the series or to the role of Falter. In fact, in the series finale, when Ben joins the prophets in the Celestial Temple indefinitely, he insisted on the quick scene between Ben and the newly married and pregnant Cassidy Yates telling her that one day he will return because he didn't want to end Ben's character journey on the note of the ugly stereotype of a black man abandoning his child. But getting back to this episode, as the director, he focused mostly on the actors and their interactions with one another. This was another episode that Trek likes to do of giving their established cast different roles to play. In this case, it was the cast getting to play roles that were inspired by real-life science fiction authors of the era. Thus, you had Cole Meany as Isaac Asimov, Armin Shimmerman as Harlan Ellison, Nana Visitor as Catherine Moore, René Aubergenois as John W. Campbell, the editor of Astounding Magazine, and Betty russell himself. Himself was based off of Samuel R. Delaney. He also had Terry Farrell as the secretary in the office. Aaron Eisenberg as a street vendor, Penny Johnson-Gerald as Cassie, Benny's fiancée who works at a waitress at the local diner, Sirach Lofton as Jimmy, a street hustler, Michael Dorn for once in his 282 appearances in Star Trek with no makeup as Willie Hawkins, a baseball player and local celebrity, J.G. Hertzler as the magazine's illustrator who comes up with the art deco drawing of the station, Brock Peters as a street preacher who tells Brother Benny to write the words, and Mark Limo and Jeffrey Combs as two corrupt cops. And here, they all, once again, get to shine by playing either against type or just a few degrees off of their DS9 counterparts. And Brooks's direction with the cast members switching roles intermittently, and Benny first seeing Cisco in his reflection, and then Cisco seeing Benny reflected back at him, elevates the notion posed at the end of the episode of Benny being both the dreamer and the dream. This would be revisited down the road in the season 7 episode, Shadows and Symbols, where we revisit Benny Russell again in a mental institution who had written his stories on his cell wall, and whose doctor is played by Casey Biggs, who played Damar. Biggs was also supposed to be in Far Beyond the Stars, but was unavailable at the time, so I'd like to think this was done more for his behalf. And one of the ideas that Ira Stephen Bear had for the series finale was that the final scene was going to be of Benny sitting outside a soundstage, holding a script with Star Trek Deep Space Nine on the cover, to which Rick Berman rightfully squashed that idea by telling Ira that he would have been telling the audience that not only was Deep Space Nine a dream, but also the entirety of Star Trek as well. And while I personally like it when shows either subtly or obliquely make meta references and play with the suspension of disbelief that is part of the relationship between art and the audience, I'm glad that this was one idea that was jettisoned, especially since it would have gutted the relevance and impact of this episode and why it's so highly regarded by everyone. One criticism of modern-day Star Trek that baffles me is the complaint about Star Trek being woke and how the SJWs have taken over the franchise, to which I'm like... Uh, what the fuck have you been watching for the last 55 years? The social commentary and real-world parallels is the entire point of Star Trek. Gene created the series because he was tired of the network censors coming down on him when he wanted to talk about racism and war and bigotry and prejudice and all the ills of modern-day society that was happening then and that still persists to this day. Like all science fiction writers, he was just putting it in genre clothing to get it on the air. What Far Beyond the Stars accomplishes is that for once, there were no aliens with green skin or bumpy foreheads or phaser fights or epic space battles to cover the depiction of the racism of the time. It dispensed the sci-fi metaphor and went straight for the jugular. And watching the episode today in relation to George Floyd and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement and our re-examination of our current zeitgeist, Benny's breakdown and his insistence of a future where Benjamin Sisko's can exist is even more powerful now than in 1998 when this episode aired in the wake of Rodney king if one wants to show how star trek is still culturally relevant to this day this is the episode to put on i also want to give a shout out to the women at warp podcast who did a recent episode on far beyond the stars the mission log a roddenberry star trek podcast and their episode on it as well as the sanctuary a star trek politics and economics podcast and their second episode benny's life matters while there are numerous star trek podcasts out there that covers this episode those three episodes in particular go into far better detail on the subtleties of the races depicted in this episode than I ever could. Join me tomorrow for our last Deep Space Nine episode as I discuss a Season 7 episode that personally means a lot to me. Live long and prosper, and also, live well.